0: We're listening to the Sermon Podcast from Real Life on the Palouse, reaching the world for Jesus, one person at a time. All right. Hello, Real Life family. How are you guys doing? Ooh, we're kicking off our life group season. Uh, see, that'll be September 13th and the 20th. We're kicking that off. Super excited. Uh, I get to welcome all of our folks that are uh, watching and joining us online. Everybody say Hi. Hi. Good to see you guys. Glad that you're joining us. Thanks for choosing us. My name is Josh Gray. I have the privilege of being the lead servant here at Real Life. And so uh, it means the lead pastor. I get a chance to to help lead our church into the future and direct the messages and where God's leading us. And today, we're going to kind of look back at the past a little bit. What did we do this past summer? And we spent the summer, what we said, called camping in the parables. And so uh, I want you to look at your neighbor and say, You know what? God made you tov mayod. Say tov mayod. That's right. When he made you and he was going through, it's a Hebrew phrase, right? If we can, for those of you that are new with us, he he made you, he was saying, he made everything. He was like, this is good. This is good. This is good. And then when he made us, he said, ooh, very good. Tov mayod. Like that was like, he was like, look at that. That's my best. That's the best thing that I've made. And so he thinks quite highly of you, and I was thinking about this sermon series, and I was like, man, that was Tove Mayode. That was a really good sermon series. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed all of our teachers, and usually when I go back and watch the messages, and I did that this week, and I got a chance to go back and watch the messages, usually I get lost in critiquing myself. I'm like, why, did I pick my nose right there? What did I do? Man, how come I've gained so much weight? You know, uh, am I pacing back and forth? Am I just like a caged animal up there? Man, I'm getting like visual fatigue watching me and usually I'm lost in the critique of the messenger instead of listening to the message. And so uh, I'm not saying that I was good, but the series was really good and God did some great things through that. And so we're gonna kind of recap and go back and and look a little bit about what happened this summer and where are we and where are we going in the future. So speaking of the future, we are starting our new sermon series next week uh, called Culture Shock. And to kick it off, Marty Solomon will be coming back and he's going to be preaching. Yeah, everybody loves Marty, giving him love already. Some people are like, who's Marty Solomon? Uh, he's a bearded guy. He wears tassels. It's just interesting. Anyway, I'm picking him up on the airport or at the airport on, uh, on Tuesday. And I'm glad he's coming back because he's probably coming back to be really nice to some animals out in the wilderness. I think is why he's coming back to go pet them or something with a bullet. No, um, <laughs> maybe he's not a very good hunter. Uh, but anyway, Oh, that was dirty. I hope he's not watching this one. Um, no, I'm excited he comes, he's coming back and I want to take the opportunity. Uh, who could kick off something about culture wars and talking about the Ten Commandments? And we're going to cram the Ten Commandments into eight weeks. But what we're going to look at is we're going to see are we, is the culture shaping God's values or should God's values shape our culture? And we're coming into a pretty fun time right now. And I was impressed on me earlier this week about, um, about my mouth. And how I speak of everything. So one of the things you learn if you're a parent and you have kids in uh, sports, one of the things they tell you to do for your kids that are in sports is to not cheer against the other team. You cheer for your team. You say positive things about your team, but you don't cheer against the other team. And I wonder if that might be something that we could all practice during our future political climate that's coming as what if we make a conscious decision to cheer for our team but not point out all of the inefficiencies and the horrible things that the other team did or didn't do. And so I think that this time of a culture shock is really important for our community and our church, and it doesn't matter which, which team you're on or any of those things, you know, the correct team or the right team or the wrong team or all those things, but how you represent God and how you, how you handle this next season will be really important. It'll be really important. And so um, as we go back and think about our parables and where we're going and, and, and what does this look like, let's, let's, let's rewind back 12 weeks ago. So in week one and two, uh, we talked about uh, the parable of the sower. And Jesus starts off with this parable because he really wants his disciples' hearts to have ripe soil because he's got a lot of things that he's gonna be teaching them. And this is one of the first parables that he gives to them. He's got a lot of things that he wants to teach them but have you ever noticed that if you don't prepare the soil of your heart, of your mind, of your ears, or all those things, you might not uh, have a good harvest? I noticed that this week um, I got the opportunity to do something called sweat equity. And my contractor said, you know what, Josh, I think you're qualified to do this. He might have overshot that. He said, I think you're qualified to rip off the forms Of this basement or this uh, of your foundation that was that was uh, built, which basically means breaking your fingers and nails with hammers and hitting things and like taking stuff off and moving heavy objects, kind of what I like to call dumb labor. He felt I was qualified for, and so I got the opportunity to do some dumb labor and save some money, which I'm all about saving money, especially when it's mine. Um, And then yesterday I got the opportunity to do some. He found another job. He's like, Josh, I think you could do this one. I'm like, cool, save some more money. I, what am I doing on a Saturday? Might as, well, might as well go get in a Tyvek suit and zip that on and put that over my head. And Tyvek is the material that keeps like gross tar stuff off of your body, which still is on my hands. So I ruined an SOS pad doing getting those off my hands. So I got the chance to be out. In my, uh, uh, where we're building a house, and I got to paint this black tar. They're like, it's not really tar. It's kind of tar. It smells like gasoline, okay? Um, And so I'm like, I'm painting this thing out there, and there's tons of things that could be going on in my mind. My watch wasn't on because I didn't want to ruin that. My phone wasn't near me because I didn't want to ruin that. So it's just me and the Lord and some beautiful sunshine. And you know what was going through my mind as I was out there besides, I should have paid somebody to do this? (laughs) Besides that thought, this week, I got the opportunity to put good things in my head. And I took advantage of that opportunity by what I allowed to come into my mind. And one of the things that I allowed to come in my mind is I listened to our worship set that Greg put out on Facebook about three times. And so I'm out there and, uh, and I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm Painting and painting myself partially and painting everything. And I'm like, there's nothing better than you, Lord. There's nothing. I sounded great Um, out there. I'm sure my neighbors appreciated it because they were far away and they couldn't hear me. Um, But I, I was out there praising God in the sunshine, in my Tyvek suit. And man, it was a pretty good day. I wasn't out there. I wasn't mad or angry because of what somebody said in some political TV show I did or didn't watch. I wasn't mad at, I, I was, I was in the moment, me and the Lord taking time to do that. I had planted good words in my head during the week and I was reaping a harvest while I was out there. So the parable of the sower talks about stories and how are we getting our mind right and our field right and, and, and our soil correct. have have Some of the questions we had here is, uh, how have epic storytellers influenced you? How have epic storytellers influenced you? Not just the movies that we watch. And when we think about parables, we think about uh, parables in this, in this race. These parables, when done right, all of them, should bring comfort in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah, it's very comfortable. And they should absolutely bother you. Wait a minute, I thought we were in comfort land here. Why do I want parables to bother me? And that's the beauty of the good news is it comforts us and then it confronts us. And I hope during this series you've been confronted by some things. I hope you've been confronted as you go back and look at those things. Man, how am I doing at telling the story of our father in heaven? How is that looking as it walks out into my life? So what rocks have been revealed for excavation in your life? As you approach the text, as you approach God's word, as you approach this season, what rocks is he saying? Hey, take a look at this one. Is that, is that going to help you with what, where we're going? Or is that something you need to get out so we can have good soil going in there? How's your soil been going this summer, real life family? You know, I get the privilege of uh, living with Dennis and Connie Ferguson as our house is being built. And basically, my, the backyard is like a park. And uh, I get to go out there, and I get to reap a harvest out of their garden. Now, I didn't till up the soil. I haven't weeded. I have turned the water on a couple times. But I go out there, and I get to reap the harvest of somebody's very, very hard work. I'm an excellent raspberry picker, by the way. The blackberries are coming on. I'm so excited. But I get to reap the harvest have a good soil. I get to reap the harvest of good things that are planted, and I want you to think about who gets to reap the harvest of the, your spiritual soil. What is that looking like with people around you? The kingdom of heaven is good soil. It's good soil for us to grow in. Uh, week three, we talked about the parable of the prodigal son, or we called it the, the lost son, or there's, there's different titles, the lost sons, and we're like, oh yeah, we know this one. And some of the things that we landed on during this time as we were teaching that is, is have you ever been rejected in love? And we talked about the great rejection that the father must have felt as the son basically said, I wish you were dead, give me my money. And how the father gave him his money. And how the father watched his son and waited and looked for his son. And so have you ever been rejected in love? And then I asked the question, have you ever rejected God's love, have you sitting in your seat right now ever rejected the love of our almighty father? And we talked about all of this junk that we may be bringing into our lives. And we talked about, do you feel like you're too dirty? Do you feel like you're too dirty to be loved? And we talked about how much are you willing to, How much grace are you willing to accept from God? Isn't that an interesting phrase? How much grace are you willing to accept from God? The kingdom of heaven, it has abundant grace for us. Next week, we talked about generous grace. And we talked about the parable of the of the workers in the vineyard, and where he goes out to the the, the landowner goes out and he gets these workers and he tells them he's going to pay him a day's wage, and they start working, and then he goes and gets more workers a couple hours later, and then he goes and gets more workers at noon, and then he go gets more workers at like two, and then he gets the last ones at, at four, and they can only work for a couple hours, and then they come back. And he tells his, his, the person who's going to be doing the pain, say, hey, pay the people who started last, pay them first. And so everybody gets to stay and watch. And you're like, you see the first guy go up, and he gets a full denarii, and he only worked for two hours. Oh, man, I can't believe, I can't wait to see what I'm going to get. And we talked about, really, what does that look like? What is fair in our mind? What's fair? Does the gift of generosity in the form of wages change if someone walks in at the last minute and receives the same pay? Should you and I receive the same grace, the same gift of of a generous Lord if we came to the party late in our Christian walk versus somebody who came early in their Christian walk? And if they receive the same pay, how does it make you feel? Wait a minute. See, the kingdom of heaven is very generous. It's very generous. The next week, uh, J.T. Manning preached on the parable of the shrewd manager. It was the first and only service where somebody preached in a mask. Very proud of him to do that. I watched that again today. And he talked about the word shrewd, and he went and looked at where shrewd came up in the text, and we had this shrewd serpent, this crafty serpent And we looked at he looked at different areas in our life. Where are we being shrewd during this time with COVID? How are we being a shrewd manager of our time? One of the questions he asked is, "What are some ways you can choose to use your time wisely in 2020 for these challenges and these opportunities?" He talked about how the kingdom of heaven is here; it's now in our time of crisis. It's here in our hard time. Week six, we talked about a little goes a long way, and that was the parable of the mustard seed, and Darby talked about that. And uh, one of the things he ended with was uh, First Thessalonians, and, and really about uh, pursuing a, a quiet life. And what does it look like to be pursuing a quiet life? And how can you offer that to others? And I was thinking about this about this kingdom of heaven, And the kingdom of heaven encouraged us to quiet the noise. And the trick is figuring out what is noise? What is noise in our life and what is the word of God? What is noise in our life and what is hearing from God? And can you move the noise? Week seven, we talked about the parable of the hidden treasure and the pearl. And we talked about what is that thing you are searching for most right now that has kingdom implications? See, this kingdom piece comes over and over and over and over again. Why is Jesus talking about the kingdom over and over and over and over again? And so that parable talks about how this, this guy found this, this great treasure and he went and sold everything he had so he could buy, buy the field. What are you willing to discard to chase the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven needs to be sought after like a fine pearl. Where is it in our priority structure? Oh yeah, I'll get to you, Lord. Hold on, I got something very important to do over here. Or do you wake up every morning going like, all right, Lord, how can I bring the kingdom of heaven crashing into earth better today? Guide me, mold me, take me. What pattern do you need me to be on, Lord? How am I hearing you? Next week, we talked about the parable of the good Samaritan. And I talked about how it needs to pivot our thinking and how it's more than just being kind to your neighbor. And the question isn't necessarily uh, who is my neighbor, but who's a who's, who's neighbor? Define neighbor. And how are we treating people? The kingdom of heaven requires us to pivot, to pivot our thinking, to pivot our minds. Week nine, uh, Dennis and Emmy preached on sheep and goats. And that was a great message. And uh, one of the things that, that I got out of that, Emmy was talking about her story in Turkey where she was running, she was in the, in the Colosseum, or what was it called, Emmy? I don't remember what it's called. Coliseum. And she was encouraged to run her race and the great cloud of witnesses and everybody that's seen out there and that, that we all have a race to run. We all have a part in the kingdom of heaven. You know what was super cool about today's worship to me is we had a, a one gal over here who I've known since she was about two up here singing her heart out. I'm so proud to see somebody willing to serve And we have one of our new college guys here. He just comes in, he's like, Hey, how can I help? Like, well, what do you do? He's like, I'm a musician. Cool. What do you play? Apparently he plays all kinds of things. He was drumming a couple weeks ago. And so you have a part to play in the kingdom of heaven. If you're here visiting uh this and this is gonna be your home for the next year, or this is gonna be the home for the next four years of your life, you know, get involved in your in the kingdom of heaven. What were you doing back home in your church? Now how are you gonna come here? Because we need your energy. Welcome, college students. We're so excited. I, one of the things that I love about our town is it lights up. It absolutely lights. You can feel the energy change in August. And you've got to be careful in crosswalks. But outside of that, we talked about that. You've got to be careful in crosswalks. Either or. They've got to be careful. Either way. But like you can feel the energy change And don't just come and attend a church. Find one. Maybe we're not it. That's cool. But but find one where you can be involved. There's lots of things to get involved in. And how about growing your spiritual life as much as you're going to grow your intellectual life as you go to school? And you have a home here. And we need you and you may need us. And so dive in. Dive in. This is your new home. You have a family here. So we have to run our race. As you run the race God has marked out for you, where are your eyes fixed? Is it fixed just on just getting a degree or getting the promotion at work or getting those things? Or are you running a good race because you, you know that there's a cloud of witnesses watching you that, that maybe have passed on or that are here now watching you? Like, Josh, what kind of race are you running? How are you handling this time? And then I think probably my favorite one of our whole, our whole uh, summer was this one. And if you were here, you'll know. And if you're not, you're going to think this is weird. How's the water? How's the water? And this was preached by Greg. And uh, he had a couple of parables. One of them wasn't even in the Bible, but it was pretty good. And here's what it said it said, uh, There are these two young fish swimming along, and they happen to meet an older fish swimming the other way who nods at them and says, Morning, boys. How's the water? the two young fish swim on for a bit, and eventually one of them looks over at the other and goes, what the heck is water? If you miss that, you need to go back and, and catch that sermon. Here's the cool thing about our sermons, they're all like 25 minutes long, except for Dennis and I, I mean, it's because theirs was longer, but there was two of them, so they can go longer. But go back and catch that. How's the water? Do you even know that you're in the water? The kingdom of heaven is all around us. It's like fish in a water. And then uh, we talked about the wineskins and old wineskins and new wineskins in Matthew 9, 14. And we talked about where is God stretching you? You know, he doesn't leave you alone. You have, look, I have not arrived. Actually, the, the, the closer I get, the more I'm like, oh, boy. Are you sure, Lord? Are you sure I'm supposed to be doing this? Because he's stretching me. He's growing me. We talked about we don't have to get rid of the old things, but we have to be open to what God has for us in the future and the new things that he's developing within us. And we don't put um, old wine into new wineskins. We put the new wine into new wineskins because it expands. It stretches us. And when when you hear messages from uh, pastors and when you hear different things, you're getting stretched. You're getting a chance to grow. And your faith is expected, is expected to grow. The kingdom of heaven stretches us. The closer you get to the kingdom of heaven, the more stretching you're going to do in your walk. And it stretches us for the better. And then last week we talked about uh, the parable of the persistent widow. And I asked you to be persistent about the right things. What do you feel like God is calling you to be more persistent about today? I asked you that question a week ago. Is there something that you're supposed to be more persistent about? Did you have that discussion? Where is he moving you? Who will you tell and who, who will you allow to be, hold you accountable to where you're supposed to stretch and grow and be more persistent about the kingdom of heaven? See, the kingdom of heaven requires... Us to be persistent about chasing it. it. Requires us to be more persistent. When we think about the, the kingdom of heaven, see, they're waiting. They're waiting for this kingdom of heaven. They've seen, the disciples have seen and heard and studied about all of these kingdoms that have come and gone. And we think about our own kingdom called America. Right? Right? The kingdom of heaven. Why do they care about this? And Daniel. Uh, chapter 2, uh, he's, he's Daniel's a prophet, and he's talking about uh, this time, and he talks about this future kingdom. So he says, uh, in the time of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed. How do you feel about being part of a kingdom that will never be destroyed? Nor will it be left to another people. It will crush all those kingdoms. It will bring them to an end but it itself will endure forever. They knew that text. That's why they're asking about this kingdom. That's why Jesus talks in his parables, kingdom, the kingdom of heaven is like, the kingdom of God is like, the kingdom of heaven is like, let me show you what it's gonna be like so you can join it. Chapter seven says he uh, was given authority, glory, and sovereign power, all nations and peoples of every language worshiped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away, and the kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. You're part of a kingdom that will never be destroyed. How are you participating in it? There's there's this old thing called Encyclopedia Britannica. They used to sell these things. They would come to your house, and they're like, you want to buy, like, this giant volume book set, and then Google came and was like, no, we're done. But you used to go to the Encyclopedia Britannica to find out what things meant. Now, here's their definition of the kingdom. The kingdom of God, also called the kingdom of heaven. You'll see that in the text. In Christianity, this spiritual realm over uh, which God reigns as king or the fulfillment of earth on, of God's will. This phrase occurs frequently in the New Testament, primarily used by Jesus Christ in the first three Gospels. We need to be about the kingdom. Not just the idea of the kingdom, but actually acting it out in our communities. If one places the pursuit of the kingdom of God first, then the material needs will follow without any need for worry or anxiety. Anybody in here ever have any worry or anxiety? All the time. I wonder... I wonder, I wonder if this is going to get done. I wonder if that, I wonder this all this You know what, you know what the answer for worry and anxiety is? The pursuit of the kingdom of God. Because if we're pursuing that, all of this other stuff is yep, cool. And that stuff probably just flows on top of you anyway. He knows what you need. He knows what the desires of your hearts are, and he'll give you the ones that, that are not going to destroy you. He knows. It's interesting, the the present imperative verb seek makes clear that pursuing God's kingdom is not a passive act, but one that must be pursued with rigorous ambition. And so I'm challenging our church. I'm challenging all of us. I'm challenging myself to pursue the kingdom of God well. Well. And at the end of our summer series of camping and the parables, you kind of can ask the questions like I ask my question at the end of any series, so what? So wh- what was the result of that? Why does that even matter? And we used to teach if you can just answer so what in a, in a, at the end of a presentation, if you can just answer so what, you didn't get to the heart of it. It matters because the kingdom of God matters. It matters because your neighbors need to experience the kingdom of God, and they need to watch you experiencing God's kingdom. Be being transformed. Google told me that was not the correct structure of that sentence. Google Docs, excuse me. Be being transformed, but I said it anyway. Be actively being transformed. And being transformed by what? What? what do you need to be transformed by? I think you need to be transformed by God's word. I think you need to be transformed by God's people. I was transformed by worshiping God this week multiple times instead of worshiping something else. It's just better. There there is nothing better than him. I'll sing it for you guys if you want me to. There is nothing better than him. Chase him. Try it. Try it. The kingdom of heaven will come crashing into earth when, for us here at Real Life, we do this by reaching the world for Jesus one person at a time. By the way you act, by the way you treat your neighbor, by the way you do or don't talk about stuff during our political season. Cheer for your team. But realize the team that you're on first is the team that's bringing the kingdom of heaven crashing into earth. And I doubt there's any political party on either side anywhere ever that's gonna uh, bring the kingdom of heaven crashing into earth. It's God's chosen people who put him first in their life who are seeking him with all of their heart. So we make uh, biblical disciples in relational environments. We are transformed by God's word and by his people. We are transformed by his word and his people. How are you doing with his word? How do you view him? What does it mean? Is there nothing better than him? Can you sing that with all your heart? mean it. So that's where we're going next. That's, this is the so what. This is where we've been, studying the kingdom of heaven. And now we're going to look at this culture, culture shock. God needs to pivot around my values and what I think, or do I need to pivot around his values and what he thinks? Is he at the center of, of, of my life, or am I at the center of my life? That one hurt just to say it. Oh, oh. That conviction came so fast, Lord. Excuse me. So as we come to the table today, we're going to come to the table, we're going to celebrate communion. So if you're at home, you want to grab your communion cups. If you're here, grab your communion cups. But no, communion's about the kingdom of God. This church is trying to be about the kingdom of God. And this church is transformed by those of you sitting right here and those of you watching online. Our communities are transformed by those of you sitting here and those of you watching online. And they're transformed by how you treat God's people and who are God's people. Are they just Christians? Wrong. Every person is God's people. And he desires that none would be lost. He desired it so much that he was willing to give up his one and only son for whoever believed in him to have eternal life, to be in this kingdom. See, the kingdom is here and now and it's in the future and it's, and it's been in the past. And we're all invited to participate. So let's come to the table, clear our minds. Father God, I just thank you for this time and just asking that you just come into our minds that we do understand about the kingdom of heaven. You've showed a lot of things to us, Father. A lot of difficult things. Who is my neighbor? If they don't vote and think like me, are they my neighbor? Who is my neighbor if they don't see everything the way that I see it? Lord, help me be transformed. I going to be transformed by your word I want to be transformed by worshiping you, and I want to be transformed, Father, by interaction with my fellow brothers and sisters. Lord, I thank you for delivering your Son to us. So the Lord Jesus, on the night He was betrayed, He took the bread and when He gave Him thanks, He broke it and said, "This is My body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of Me." Let's remember the kingdom that He brought to earth. In the same way after supper he took his cup and he said this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's remember him in the kingdom. Father God I just ask that you just have your, your hand upon our future series and where we're going. That we would be able to, to center around you and your values. That you would become the center of our thoughts not not ourselves. That we are a community that is inclusive. That we do pivot our thinking. And we pivot our thinking not from one party to another party, but we pivot our thinking towards you. Lord, help us. There is nothing better. There is nothing better than you. Let us walk and live and act like it. Help us to bring the kingdom you've created crashing into this earth. Lord, help us to do that by how we treat your word, how we worship you, and how we treat each other. I say that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for checking out this message from Real Life. You can find out more about us by visiting liferotp.com and connecting with us on Facebook and Instagram. Until next time, have a great week.